So first thing I want you to do tonight, it's going to be a little interactive, and I hope some people in here brought a pin in their pocket with them or in their purse, the guys especially. Um, if you could reach underneath your chair, find that card, find that pen, If you have to share a pin with someone next to you, that's even better, right? That's nice. Dudek's looking at me like he doesn't have a pin. Do you want a pin? If I throw it to you, okay. If I throw it to you, it's just going to hit you. Down the left side of the card, or somewhere in the card, I want you to write the numbers 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. You're going to take this card home with you tonight. It's going to be awesome. One, two, three, four, five, because tonight we're talking about five yeses. The last time we were together, I did a talk that was all about the sacred energy inside of you and how you spend that, how you give it, what you choose to empty that energy out on. The whole title of the talk was What's on Tap? And the idea was that lots of things tap into you and tap you out, and that's going to happen, but you have to be able to say no and yes. And the more you say no, it allows you to say yes to the things that matter most. If you're saying yes to everything, you will never give the best of yourself to anything if you're just saying yes. That's what we talked about last time. This time, I'm going to give you a talk because I went home after the last talk and Ann was like, yeah, but you never told people like what to say yes to. It was very confusing. It was like you just kind of left everybody hanging. So tonight, five yeses. Five things that deserve your yes. Five things that you should try to say yes to more and more and more. Because I think as you say yes to these five things tonight, I think you'll live a life that feels connected to depth and meaning. And like ultimately, that's kind of what we're all secretly hoping for and looking for. Whether or not you say it out loud, this is like hardwired into you. And you're looking for it, wanting it, searching for it. But we often settle for lives of, lives of exhaustion, <laughs> like lives of isolation, and lives of loneliness. And so we're going to talk about five things tonight, five yeses, five yeses. Now, I want to share with you probably one of the coolest stories of my life ever. I kid you not. So back when I was a junior in college, I was just coming back from a trip where I lived four months in Israel inside the old city, if you know what that means. It's different from the new city. Lived there four months and classmates and myself, we, we went to the airport. We arrived around midnight. We were there for a 4 a.m. flight, so we had a bunch of time to kill. We were playing cards, laughing, hanging out, doing all this kind of stuff. This guy comes up dressed in a suit and starts speaking with us. Hey, who are you guys? Where are you guys from? What are you doing? Where are you heading? All this kind of stuff. So we talked with him for a while, and I was pretty vocal with him, to be honest. And then somewhere in the conversation, he got to it. He got to the point, and he said, well, I just wanted to let you know, here in the Tel Aviv airport, I'm the head of security. And this morning, I'm conducting some training. And so I was wondering if there would be 
two of you or some of you that would be willing to exchange passports and try and lie your way through security. And immediately it was like my arm just <laughs> like shot up. You know, I'm like the kid in class, please pick me, pick me, pick me. And so it was funny because I don't know this guy. I didn't ask for credentials. <laughs> I'm just going off of it. And I had long hair and a huge beard. I mean, I loved being in Israel, and it was like, just let it go. So I had another friend who was there, and he was also selected. Now, here's the great thing. He had blonde hair, blue eyes, shorter hair, but just about as big as a beard, as big of a beard, you know? And so we, you know, we, the story goes, we, uh, we exchanged passports. I took it very seriously. I studied his passport. I knew everything on there. This was my one and only chance. Who gets this kind of a chance? So I studied his passport. We ended up going up, and you're standing in front of the, the people. They're looking at the passport. They're looking at you. They're asking you questions. He was right next to me, and it was great because they were like, so you're Phil Gallagher. And he's like, yep. And they're like, when's your birthday? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm over here like, dude, come on. And then they're like, you don't know when your birthday is? He's like, July 2nd. And she's like, excuse me just for a moment. She went back and she tapped the guy in the suit. He came over. So that was cool. I'm feeling a little bit better about this situation after that. I was there. I turned on as much charm as I had. I explained everything away. Why my hair wasn't blonde. Why my eyes weren't blue. You know, like I went down this go. She eventually, she, she's like, all right, you're free to go. She waved me on and I looked at the guy and I'm like, <laughs> like, so he came over. It was really funny. He grabbed the passport, and he told her, when you look at the passport and you see that, and you look out in front of me and you see that, you come get me, is what he said. <laughs> it was perfect. But she didn't get in that much trouble. She was still had a job and everything. But I'm telling you that story because if I had backed up like a year before that, I don't think I would have shot my hand up that fast. I don't think I would have been that vocal with that guy there. Um, my first flight was to Israel as a junior in college. It was a 14-hour one, too. And I was a nervous wreck, to tell the truth. I was going to a different country to live there for four months. I had never been that far away from home. I had never traveled outside of the United States of America. And I was doing something new and different. It didn't feel comfortable. It was out of my comfort zone. And while I was there, that experience, I changed. I mean, I was different. When I went there, I was a very picky eater, still am. But I'm better, <laughs> thanks to her, my wife Ann. But I was tasting foods and doing things. And it was just totally, totally different for me, this experience. I'm telling you that story because the first number on your card I want you to write this word next to it, growth, growth. Your first yes of the evening is the word growth. Now, <clears throat> you can call it character development. You can call it character transformation. Growth is the one key ingredient in stories that makes us love them so much. 
If you ever have read a book or gone to a movie and the characters didn't grow, that was a rough movie. That was a hard book. When the characters grow, it totally sucks you in. This is a key component of those stories. And so I want you to know that your story is no different. Like, you're going to have to experience change. You're going to have to experience that discomfort. You're going to have to, like, embrace new, uncharted territory. You're going to have to go through growth. I want you to think about, though, how we grow as people. Because lots of times, what I've heard, I mean, the main way you grow is you're forced to. <laughs> it's sad, unfortunate, but it happens. Life happens. Things go down. It's, it's not because you chose it. It's because it's the way it is. And that's probably the primary way you experience growth. But there's also another way. And that's when you say, I'm going to grow. I'm going to do something intentionally to make myself grow, to experience growth in my life. I'm going to do that. That's kind of what I want to talk just a little bit about right now. I recently went down to Remax Destination. It's a pretty cool event down in Denver because I'm a brand new realtor, and so I get to go down to the headquarters in Denver and be a part of all this stuff. And the CEO spoke. He was awesome. He shared a story that I want to share with you. And it was, I think, pretty early in their marriage. And his wife actually was in a plane wreck, like accident. And she was in the hospital for a long time. And someone bought her these plants in this little terrarium and brought them to her when she was in the hospital. And as they grew and as time went on and she was going through recovery, that thing got like dirtier and nastier and gross and all kinds of things happened. So eventually, when she was ready to go home, he took it and he took the plants out and he put them in like a new glass case that they had at home. Trick was it was bigger. And over the next year, these plants grew larger and larger and larger. And once they grew large enough, and he noticed, hey, I think these plants are going to grow to fill the space that they're in. He took them out, and he just put them in a room. And he said, like, he still has them, and they're huge in his house. Here's kind of the connection I want you to make. I feel like sometimes in your life, there's a ceiling. Maybe you've put it there. Maybe other people have put it there. But when it comes to your growth, I would encourage you to step out into wider, bigger spaces. Concerning faith, concerning talents, concerning your experiences, your tastes, your preferences, all of it. Step out into bigger, wider spaces and just maybe see what happens. Like, I bet you'll grow. I bet you will. One last story before I kind of get out of growth is um, I always go home and visit my parents. And when I do, I get to go to the house that I grew up in. Like, we never moved. It's crazy. But, like, I get to go to the house and I get to take my family. And so then we'll go visit my sister and then we come back to my parents' house and stay with them. We go out to eat and then we come back to my parents' house. We go out to movies, we come back to my parents' house. And every time I go back to my parents' house, I take a different route. 
And my boys were always like, wait, is this the right way? And I'm like, yeah, it's the right way. It's just a different way to get there. Like, we're going to end up in the same place. What I want to encourage you guys to do is this. Approach your life that way. Don't be afraid to take different paths. Don't get stuck going the way you've always gone. Like, so growth. I don't know. Stop biting your fingernails. That's a good one. I did that a long time ago. Someone approached me and actually said, you're always up front speaking. And you like start to go like this, and it drives me crazy. And I didn't stop for her. But <laughs> 10 years later, I was like, yeah, that's probably not a great habit to have. I don't know. Personal growth. Stop biting your fingernails. Quit that addiction. Say thank you more often. Do something to get out of your comfort zone. Face that fear. Find some kind of way to be intentional about your personal growth. That's the first yes, growth. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that card. You wrote the word growth next to number one, right? Now, next to number one, next to the word growth, I want you to take a moment to consider one rut that you're stuck in right now. One rut that you're stuck in that you want to step out of and change. I want you to write down something that came to mind as I was talking about a change that you could make to initiate some kind of growth in your life. That's going to be your first yes tonight. So just go ahead and take a moment. Think about it. If you don't have one yet, let it continue to like simmer. You'll come up with one before the night's over. But I'm going to get a video ready for this next part. The second yes. One area, one way, one step you could take to grow. All right, we're moving on to the second yes. Second yes. I've got a nice pixelated blurry video for you here. You gotta wait for it. The best part's the goal. Yes! That was great. All right, that was perfect. I love it. Hang on here. So, a friend of mine earlier this week on Facebook, just about like two days ago, posted this picture. I want you to check this one out. All right, so numero dos, I want you to write next to number two the word health. I want you to write the word health. Um, I feel like many of you here tonight have heard my story about my elevated pulse and the situation I dealt with probably like almost six years ago now. Um, for those of you who haven't, you're going to get the abbreviated version right now. But probably about six years ago, I noticed that my, my pulse rate went extremely high for me. I don't know about you, but like um, 
sitting, standing, resting, waking up in the morning, walking around, it was right around 146 beats per minute, like constantly. And it continued to be that way for about six months. Man. Um, and I, I had no clue what was going on, and I went to lots of doctors, and they did all kinds of tests. And it came down to doctors telling me, you need to meditate. <laughs> you need to have 15 minutes of silence in your day. You're kind of like a lightning rod, and you soak up a lot of emotion and energy from other people, and you have to figure out a way to dial that down a bit for yourself. And then I had a friend who um, came over and reset my energy. It was one of the coolest experiences I think I've ever had. But in the end, it all came down to the way I was approaching life and what I was doing to take care of myself, what I was doing for my health, my personal health. All of the things concerning our health and probably the best things that we do to be healthy, I think those are the first things we tend to toss out the window when we become stressed or under pressure. I don't know about you guys, but like I'm under pressure and I'm like, I can deal without sleep. I'll stay up all night, I'll get that thing done. I don't have to sleep at all. I've got a lot of caffeine. Like, it's crazy, right? All the things that you would normally say, this is what I'm gonna do to take care of my body, to take care of my heart. I'm gonna do these things to stay healthy inside and out. And here comes the crazy moments of life and the first things to go are some of the most important. And we just start tossing them out, like they're nothing. It's like, eh, I don't need food. I don't need sleep, I don't need to exercise. I can do that some other time. Tonight, I just wanna tell you, concerning your health, I think those are the things to protect. I think when you get under pressure, or when you're feeling overwhelmed, or you're getting stressed, I think what you should do is start to say no to a whole lot of other things. But you need to keep those things concerning health in place. Keep them checked, keep them right there. Those things that help you feel grounded and centered and like just solid, keep them there. Don't mess with them. So like I'm talking about like eating right, caffeine moderation. I did read, I bought this book and it was talking about how to be really healthy and it said a healthy caffeine habit is really good for you. So I give you permission to drink caffeine. Not a lot of it. Adequate sleep, regular exercise. Those are worth saying yes to, regardless of how crazy or out of control things get. Those are worth saying yes to, because your health is important. And when I say health, I'm saying your exteriors and your interiors, both are important. I just read yesterday that the average American adult checks their phone 150 times a day. And the majority of those times, it's an interruption to what's happening around you. We are distracted people. We live fragmented lives, and it takes its toll on you. So I would encourage you to pray. I would encourage you to meditate. I would encourage you to be mindful and present, because that is being healthy. Pull your card up, number two. Number two, healthy. It's the word healthy. 
I want you to write down right now next to numero dos, what comes to mind first for you considering your health? I'm saying what is the thing you know that when you don't do it, you're not your best. You're not operating at that prime level. Ann and I often talk about like when we don't run, how it makes us feel. When we go a day skipping it, it's not like you let yourself off the hook. It actually takes us to a different place, a lower place. So what is it for you concerning your health? What do you, no, 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 not every day. <laughs> Three times a week at, at the most. <laughs> and I polish every night off with five Oreos and a glass of milk. It's a health tip. Um, what do you need concerning your health? Write that down and then we'll continue. One thing, one thing, we're not looking for more. This next category is my favorite. So next to number three, I want you to write down the word relationships. This is your third yes for the evening. We've already spoken about relationships this year. We talked about the word with and how the word with, like you're hardwired for with, your heart is. You go through seasons of life, they're good, bad, they're ugly. Thank God you have others that can be with you. The relationships. Saying yes to relationships is saying yes to strengthening the relationships in your life that are the most frequent, the most consistent, and the most deep. So I'm not going to talk about all relationships. I'm talking about family and friends and pets and coworkers, the people who are near and dear to you. You've probably heard it said that like human beings, we have this deep common desire to love and be loved. It's pretty cheesy, but it's pretty dang true at the same time. So don't waste your time holding grudges, being distracted, or too busy working to love and be loved. Don't put that off. Don't say like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I've got to do this, so I can't say yes to some of the relationships that matter to me so deeply. Go ahead and put the phone down. Turn off Netflix. Engage in conversation with the human being that's in the room with you. And I understand that that can be super hard. Has anybody ever come home from work or school absolutely exhausted? The last thing you want to do is talk? Yeah, I get it. So this weekend coming up is the first weekend you've had off in like two months? I get it. Like it can be really hard sometimes to nurture the relationships in your life that matter the most. But I would say, have the conversation, ask the question, have eye contact and physical touch. It's magical. And it does more for you and that other person than you can ever imagine. Do the relationships. Choose to strengthen them and nourish them. Make the phone call, visit that friend, go to that lunch, take time off to be with. Back in college, I'm, I, I'm not trying to brag, but just for a moment, I went to a college in the Midwest. It was a Christian school too, so you had to be married by the time you got out. <laughs> like, I don't know what it was, but, and I did it. Um, but, <laughs> 
We decided, we had so many friends getting married and we've had friends get married since. And Ann and I both kind of talked about it and said, you know what? We're going to make weddings a priority. We're going to do our best to be at every single wedding any of our friends ever have. Because those are moments and connections that we felt like should be a priority. So if anything else going on, takes a backseat to the wedding. Take time off, do what you have to do, get there. I went through the blackout in Detroit to get to a wedding. It was crazy. He was getting married in Detroit. <laughs> but like, you've got to get there and be there. I just want you to think about the relationships and how you can prioritize though. How you can prioritize them. And with that said, I want to say one more dimension about relationships. Um, had a conversation with a friend, actually a, a, a Sky alum, and he called me and he said, I've been trying to find churches. And I've been checking some out and going to different churches, and I haven't really found any I like, but mm, I found this one, it's okay. I've been going there, but every time I leave, I feel horrible about myself. And he kept going on in the conversation, and we talked about it, and he said, these the things that we're a part of, that I'm a part of there, like I feel awful and it makes me feel bad. And I interrupted him and I said, it sounds like it's time to stop going. It sounds like maybe you should try another place. I had a lunch that I would have with a friend about two to three times a year. We would go out to lunch and I would leave that lunch down and depressed had nothing to do with his life. It had everything to do with like our relationship and the communication that went on there. And I didn't really notice it as much as Anne did. And there was this one time I came home and I was so down, so depressed. She goes, that's it, you're done. You're never going to lunch with him again. This is how it's gonna happen. And I was like, great, give me permission to do that. I haven't gone to lunch with him ever again. And it feels great. <laughs> it feels amazing. It feels good. The other side of the relationship is that life is too short to subject yourself to that kind of torture. Sometimes there are relationships that don't build you up, that don't bring you life and that bring only the opposite. It's true. I think we've all felt at least one of those in our life. So, pull out the card. We're on number three, right? I haven't been writing them up there. Do you guys remember them? You wrote them down. The guys in back, they're remembering in their mind. Oh no, they're using their phones. <laughs> the next generation. <laughs> You're <laughs> chapel. I love it. All right. Right now on number three, I want you to write down the name of one or two people that you want to connect with more. Maybe it's someone you need to sit with. Maybe it's someone you need to catch up with. I want you to think of one or two people you care for and that care for you. And you know it because you felt it. They appreciate you. You feel known when you're with them. And if what I mentioned right at the end, you know, kind of hit a chord in your life, 
about a relationship that you're in. I also want you to write that person's name down that is hurting you or bringing you down in a way that doesn't feel that great. And when you look at the card and you see that person's name, I want you to give yourself permission to lessen your connection with that individual. To lessen it. Permission to say no, giving you the ability to say yes to someone else that will build you up and give you life rather than take it away. And now we're on to number four, closely related to relationships. I want you to imagine your life as a movie because you're the star. You're in the center. You're awesome. The music's for you. The camera's on you. I want you to imagine all those relationships we were just talking about as co-stars, right? They're in the movie with you and they're co-stars. But there are loads of other actors and actresses in the movie too. Other people, animals, and countless sets. Number four is contribution. Contribution. Contribution is about the bigger story. It's the one beyond yours that includes everyone and everything else. Contribution is about your role in the bigger story. It's an awareness of others and the world and your responsibility to give and help and participate in that bigger story, our story. Without contribution, we can tend to lose perspective and life kind of shrinks down and it's only your little story. Contribution creeps up a lot when someone sees something that they feel like is wrong. It's like you're watching something and it feels unjust. You see it happening and something in you says, that's not right. Someone should do something about that. And right when you say that, you're saying, I should do something about that. You're recognizing that there's a bigger story and there's other people outside of you. And you can actually help. You can do something. You can take action. Social justice, righting wrongs, righteous anger. My grandmother growing up ran a place called Love Unlimited. I didn't get it like when I was, you know, in grade school and middle school, but the older I got, looking back, it was so impressive. She had an entire school that was abandoned given to her, and she filled the school and every classroom up with things that you would probably find like at Goodwill. Except she took it one step further. It was like appliances, it was like tires, it was clothes, it was toys, it was anything you could imagine. And she put this huge sign on the school, it was called Love Unlimited, and the difference between Goodwill and Love Unlimited was that everything there was 100% and absolutely free. And you could just come, and you could take. And I got to work there a little bit growing up. Sometimes a lot of my Christmas presents came from there. But it was, it was such an interesting thing for me to witness my grandmother saying, something's wrong, I can help. You know, it's not just about my story and there are other people in this world. Contribution can be taking care of this little blue planet we all call home. 
Contribution can resemble compassion. You're seeing others and their needs and you're responding. Contribution calls you out of your smaller story and into a bigger one and asks you to get involved. And with those words, get involved, I wanted to say one thing. When you hear the word contribution, did any of you think of money? Okay, good. I don't want you to think of money. I get it. Nonprofits and all these other things out there need donations, financial donations to survive and thrive. However, we're talking about your sacred energy and what you're saying yes to. And it doesn't take a lot of sacred energy to do this. I want you to think whole body experience is contribution. How can I get involved and actually participate and make some sort of a contribution to the world around me in the bigger story. Um, so right next to number four, I want you to write down a cause that's rolling around in your head. Something perhaps that you've thought about before, you've seen it on TV, something inside of you. While I was speaking, I want you to think of a cause that came to mind. There's plenty of them out there but I want to know what cause speaks to you. If there's anything that speaks to you. I have friends that donate their time at the animal shelter all the time. That speaks to them. What could you do to contribute that would also bring you a sense of profound joy? What tugs on your heart and honestly should compel you to action? so that you can contribute. And then number five, it's the word passion. So I'll just let you know right now that this is not a true story. I'll just throw that out there first. I used to really sabotage students and tell them it was true, and then in the end tell them it wasn't true. But I won't do that to you guys. I won't subject you to that. I want you to imagine me at home sitting down with my, one of my sons when, when they were really little. And they run up to me, and they're so excited. And they're like, Dad, 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 Dad. I know what I want to be when I grow up. I totally know what I want to be. Ah. And I'm like, yes. All right, yes, tell me, what is it? What do you want to be? What do you want to be? And he's like, I want to be a ballet dancer. And I look at him and I go, are you sure? <laughs> like, don't you like want to be a firefighter or I don't know, anything else? <laughs> like, no, I want to be a dancer. I want to be a dancer. It's so funny because Passion sometimes, this word, I feel like we live in a culture that sometimes you might be sitting with a passion, but you've buried it so deep because maybe saying it out loud was so embarrassing, or it didn't quite fit with the people around you that you've learned to like shove that thing down pretty deep. It just didn't quite match up. Here's the cool thing about passions. They're yours right? And they fit you, and it's a part of your DNA. Just because I'm passionate about something doesn't mean you have to be passionate about it. 
I really want to be a rodeo clown. No, I don't, but someone does, right? Someone does. Like, your passions are yours. So here's my question for you. What sparks joy inside of you? What excites you? What drives you and makes you feel totally alive? What's your passion? What are your passions? Now, I want to throw it out there quick. I have to admit it. The majority of us in life are never going to enjoy our passions as our job. It's going to happen for some people. It's not going to happen for others. I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe you can find a path and make that happen. For some of you, if you did your passion as a job, it would suck the life out of it, and it would no longer be a passion. It would be a job, and you would start to hate your passion. So let's just be honest about that before we go any further. Just because you can't do your passion as a job doesn't mean it's not worth pursuing. I want to say that one more time. Just because you can't do your passion as a job doesn't mean it's not worth pursuing. I will never be a pro surfer. But man, I love surfing. Can I even surf? No. I've stood up twice. <laughs> but there's something about surfing for me. I don't even know what it is. I'm never going to be a pro surfer. I love surfing. I love pictures of it. I love watching it. Like, I love trying it. Like, and the two times I got up, I was pretty dang proud. I mean, I was on top of the world. Some of your passions are going to be things that you actually have to learn. And maybe what's standing in the way of you and your passion is, it's going to be so hard. It's going to take time. Don't know how it'll fit in. I don't even know how to do it. I'll look stupid. I got hit in the face so many times by the surfboard. <laughs> I like had a bloody nose. It was so bad. It was hard work. Your passions might be something that you need to learn, practice. Maybe you're just going to post pictures about it for the rest of your life. But keep posting the pictures. Take that class. Brew that beer. Sign up for those lessons. Ask another person about it. Watch the tutorials. Train to run that race. Go ahead and get that tattoo or lots. Like, find out what you're passionate about. Find out what you're passionate about. It's worth saying yes to those things that make you feel alive. Because here's the deal. When, when I feel alive, like other people can sense that. And it like has this ripple effect that goes on. It just happens. When your heart gets filled and you're feeling alive, we know it, and it's better for you, and it's better for me. It's better for us. Last Tuesday night, was it last two? No, it was two weeks ago. My hands are still sore. I love to play the drums, and I hardly ever do it anymore. And all of a sudden, I have this connection to a guy who's a great guitar player and singer, and he does an open mic every Tuesday night over in Frisco at the Prost. And so my parents were in town, and Ann was like, let's go. Why don't you text him, and why don't you take some drums? 
And I was like, no. <laughs> you know. And so then we actually, she got me in the car. We had the drums. We were going there. And then Hawkins showed up. And so did Matt Resignalo. And we're there. And I don't know if, could you tell how nervous I was? I mean, I was nervous. I was super nervous. I didn't even want to play. I was given all kinds of excuses left and right. Well, if I don't ever get up there and play, it's all right. Well, I don't, I'd rather just watch tonight. It was this kind of thing. But then Bo, like, called me out. <laughs> he made me go up front, and I played for, like, five songs. It was great. It felt so good. And it, like, made me feel alive. You know what your passions are. You know what those things are. When you're in it and you feel that excitement, I want you to say yes to those things. I want you to say yes. Live connected to your passions. Do the things that excite you. Do the things that bring you to life. The things that make you smile, that truly fill up your heart, and honestly, inspire and fill the hearts of those around you as well. If I'm real honest, just for a second, this is my passion. It's one of them, MTL. It's you, it's all of us here together. It's the generosity experiments that we're gonna do. It's dreaming possible another world and like actually trying to make those dreams a reality for our local community. I dig this, this gets me excited. I leave here ramped up every Tuesday night. <laughs> um, number five. Write out next to the word passions this. I'm going to write it up here because it's going to sound weird if I say it out loud. That's the word sparks. You're going to fill the blank. Blank excites me and sparks joy in my life. It can be one thing, two things, three things. What is it? What would you say is one of those passions? One of those passions. Blank excites me and sparks joy in my life. <clears throat> All right, keep a hold of the card. I genuinely believe that saying yes to these five things will make your life more meaningful. You'll find yourself in depths that you didn't even know were there, and they've been there all along. Ultimately, I know that tonight I really didn't tell you anything new. I don't think I ever really do. Like, it's like we get together, and I just get to tell you what you already know, right? But what we honestly find hard to pursue because life gets difficult and overwhelming and we get distracted. But I want you to know that the five things on your card tonight are worth saying yes to. It's, it's even possible that like in your life, you should say no to some other things so you can say yes to what's on that card right now in front of you. It's your life, it's yours, yours. And you get one shot at it, right? So what I would encourage you to do is take the sacred energy that you have within you because we need it in the world and spend it on things that bring meaning, connect, connection, and depth. 
Over a year ago, I went to my high school, uh, not high school, <laughs> I went to my college reunion. And I was there with some of my closest friends in the world. And I woke up one morning and I went downstairs. We were staying in someone else's house. And one of my friends, James, came up to me and he gave me this card. And I keep it in my wallet. And he said, I don't think this has ever happened to me before. And he said, but I was praying this morning and I actually saw something with you in it. He said, so I wrote it down on this card for you. It's a recipe card. He stole it out of their kitchen. And he gave it to me. And what's so crazy is I was working on this talk. And I was like, oh, the card. And I pulled it out. And that's why you're holding a card. Here's what it says on it. And you might think this is really weird, but it's pretty cool for me. It says, I was praying yesterday and thinking about you, and I got a picture of you riding a horse. <laughs> My name means lover of horses. <laughs> so as weird as that is, I feel like this is really for me. But I hate horses, so no more. <laughs> he says, you were going fast, leaning forward, and focused on what was right in front of you. You had a serious and determined look on your face as if you were pursuing something. He gave this card to me when I felt like I had no focus. And I don't know if you ever go through periods, but I'm doing this talk because I feel like I'm in one of those periods again. And I need to know what to say yes to. And I want to be able to stay focused on the things that I should say yes to. So right now, my final words of the evening, I want you to take that card and I want you to hold it in front of you and I want you to put your eyes on it. I want you to put your eyes on the five yeses that you wrote down, that you created, that are on your card. I want you to know that you possess sacred energy Energy that will bring you and others meaning and purpose and joy when spent and given on the right things. When you say no, allowing you to say yes to what matters most. I want you to take this card you've created tonight and I want you to say yes to what you wrote down. I want you to stick it somewhere in a wallet, in a purse, in your bathroom, in your car, Somewhere where you can look at it daily, weekly, and monthly. So you can stay focused. So you can see the five yeses. And you can keep them right in front of you. And I pray that as you say yes to those five things, you will experience depth and joy and meaning and connection. Amen. It's your card. It's your five yeses, not my five yeses. Take it. Enjoy it. One last thing before you leave tonight. We've got dessert over there. We've got drinks. You can say hey to people you don't know. Introduce yourself. Two weeks from tonight, we'll be here in this room. It's going to be set up a little different. And I don't know if you've seen it or not, but there's an outreach going on in Summit County. And it's called Building Hope. And two weeks from tonight, MTL is going to be a part of that. And so we're going to talk about the holiday season and sometimes how hard it can be because it's not all cookies and joy. 
and it's not the greatest time of the year for everybody most of the time. So we're going to talk through some of those feelings, and in the end, we're going to leave with one word, and the word is wonder. So December 20th, here, that's the last MTL of the year. We're going to talk about the word wonder. And on your way out tonight, grab the new cards with the new time, the new dates, and all that stuff. I can't thank you guys enough for showing up. Um, we'll see you in two weeks, hopefully. And drive safe out there. Oh, my God. It's pretty slick and crazy. All right. We'll see you guys then. <laughs>